Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. That's not how it works. Mia O'Brien. Should I laugh? Should I not laugh? And Leon Searcy. This is a big boy league. How you like me now? How you like me now? Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Day closer to the Dallas Cowboys coming into town, taking on your beloved Jaguars. Hometown team hosting at the bank. This America's team, like they like to refer to them. But you know what? Duval's ready to take over, keep it rolling after beating the Tennessee Titans this past week. We get ready for a return to the bank. Welcome into XL Primetime. It's a Thursday, so let's just get it going. After that win last Sunday, you feel better heading into this weekend. This is when the weekend starts. As a matter of fact, I just came from the boys over at North Florida Sales, and I've got like all sorts of energy drinks and some coffee espresso drinks, so I might be uh, yelling uh, throughout the show and getting it going today. But you guys can get it going with us. Uh, Hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Give us some thoughts uh, as far as what you think could happen on Sunday against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I say we make Dak yak, and I think one of them on, on the text line yesterday text in, yakety yak, Dak don't come back. And, and so I like that. If we can get him uh, uncomfortable uh, in the pocket, we might be able to make something happen. I don't know if that'll happen. I don't know how easy it is to get that to happen, uh, but we definitely are looking forward to that. Now, you take a look at that football game, and you take a look at a statement that can be made. We'll probably do a, a, a more extended version of this tomorrow but this is basically a year since Urban Meyer was told he was done. Can, can I give you the, the play-by-play? Yeah. I know I wasn't full-time at 1010. was uh. only part-time then, but I have to share the story. It was early signing day. Mm-hmm. One year ago today. We can tell you that much. One year ago today was early signing day. It was a Wednesday. And so myself, and I know many folks here at 1010 and other outlets around Duval County and around Northeast Florida, we started bright and early. Yeah. I was at Fletcher High School, 7.45 in the morning. Watching them sign, those youngsters. Some big dogs headed to uh, Florida State, Loyola, Chicago. I will never forget. Good day. Nice day. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful day. day. Beautiful day outside. Great day for sports. Great day for young dudes. Yes, it was a great day. Uh, And then I get the text Mm -hmm. from my former bosses that, hey, we're hearing hearing that there's going to be some big news. We know you're friendly with Josh Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Do not reach out to him. Do not reach out to his agent, but be on call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm running around doing early signing day stuff. So whatever. Okay, cool. And as the day progresses, then we see the news from the Tampa Bay Times. Yep. And uh, our, our man, uh, Rick. Rick Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. Stroud, Stroud was the one who put it out there first. Yeah. Rick Stroud gets, gets the story. Then my former colleagues over at First Coast News get the video version, mm-hmm. and they say to me, okay, we know you were going to leave early since you started early, mm-hmm. but can you just work the 11 o'clock as well, and then tomorrow you can have a half day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, no problem. We got to do the story justice. Stay through the 11. 
Around 11.15, I got a text from one of my buddies, a national writer, and he goes, are you still up? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I'm doing the 11 o'clock. And he says, all right, be ready. You may have to wake up early. Yeah, this is going down. And so I, I assume the traditional Adam Schefter 6 a.m. tweet revealing that Urban Meyer has been fired. So I say to myself, okay, I'm going to get home by 12.15. So technically now we are into the 16th of December, but I'll go right to bed. I'll wake up at 6 a.m. I'll check my phone. We'll be good. And as I'm crawling into bed at 12.52, I'll never... We're getting the whole rundown. Never forget. Oh, I, yeah. I was eating carrots on my couch. What did you expect? Come on. Come on, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it was a historic day. I was eating carrots on my couch. The Don't carrots I, on the couch. Yep, because I hadn't eaten dinner. So it was the first thing I had eaten in eight hours. Wow. And that is when I got the text. Yeah. And, it's over. Yeah, and, and it So that's happened. why I consider today yeah. the anniversary, because I was still awake from December 15th. Yeah, well, once they ran him out, it did. Uh, it <laughs> caught week. fire. It really did. And so, uh, look, we'll do this tomorrow primarily because you know we're 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 leaving the so, cliffhanger there. Yeah, yeah, I'm leaving you with the cliffhanger there. So Leo. what we're doing is we're commemorating incompetence. <laughs> we're, we're doing something. Well, very, you know what we want to do, Leon? It's an anniversary I, of just asking. You know, it's an anniversary no, no, of new. No, is no, because you want to know what I want to I want to know, and this is where we're going to leave the cliffhanger <clears throat> till tomorrow as we yeah. commemorate this. I want to commemorate Trevor Lawrence, among others, having to then step to the podium the next day, after having to deal with the barrage of other jabs and what have yous that were thrown his way, both at the podium and behind the scenes all last year, having to step to the podium that day and what poise uh, that young man showed because because uh, I think one year later, we're seeing that same poise but in a different light. You know what? I, I think the most interesting thing as well is the, the guys that came out once he was fired, the stories that we had yeah. from within that locker room, the, 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 the torturous stories that we had of just the – just I don't know, just a, 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 a guy, you know, a, a monarch mm-hmm. within the locker room with cussing out folks, cussing out coaches, snatching people out of meetings and kicking people. And I'm allegedly. like, what the hell? Yeah. All these is allegedly. <laughs> All of these are allegedly. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with Irvin Meyer? Yeah. What is wrong with you? You know him better than anybody. Well, I mean, it's not that I know him better. I've just had to deal with the guy for the last two decades. So, Well, you know what you said before just- the hire? You said that. He was a really terrible. Good? You said he was a. You say he was a terrible guy. He he's a great coach, but he's a terrible guy. He's a turd. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a great coach. Mm-hmm. I said it could go one of two ways. It's going to be a great move. He, you know, he makes the adjustment, or it's going to just be a colossal blank up. Mm-hmm. And it was the colossal blank up. Yeah. And 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 it, it's funny because, <clears throat> you know, I was texting with Frangie that the you know they were negotiating for hours, hours. Yeah. And I was texting with Frank about, Frank about 6 p.m., I guess is when it was. They, they finally agreed to around 1 a.m. the next day, which right. is tomorrow, the yeah. official next day. And Frank was saying, what are you hearing? And, and I had a guy on the staff telling me. He sent me two words in a text. It's over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At 6 o'clock. Yeah. But I wasn't going to go with it because right. it's just, you know, right. this yeah. wasn't going to do it. But they knew then. Right. They knew then it was over. Yeah. And so they all knew he but, was negotiating. They all knew it was done. Well, here's the thing. If it wasn't for that bar scene, he'd still be here. Uh, you think so? Think about that. No, I think, I think for Lambo. The bar, it was the Lambo. The Lambo thing, thing is yeah. what pushed. That's over when the top. that came down. This this time a year ago. It was a combination of things. And that's when Sean realized I could probably fire this guy and not have to pay him. Right. That I think that's that really part. what it's about. Part, yeah. Yeah. It's because you were looking at cause. You were looking at you know yeah. grounds for dismissal, all that type of stuff. But you want to know what I fast forward mm-hmm. to, Joe? As I look up at our TV screens here mm-hmm. at 1010XL headquarters, now you're seeing Cowboys highlights. But prior to that, leading the 12 o'clock hour of Sports Center, 
the graphic of Trevor Lawrence versus Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. Number one NFL on Fox team, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson coming to town. Yeah. What a difference a year Yeah, so let's fast forward, okay, because what we'll do probably tomorrow is just talk about how much has changed, what is good, what is still not fixed, you know, that type of stuff. But remember, when it all fell, you're like, oh, my gosh, okay, they, they, they left Cullen in charge. They had three more games remaining, you know, all the stuff that was unfolding at that point. And then they went through a Peterson interview and didn't hire him. They went through everybody else. There was the reporting of Byron Leftwich coming here with Adrian Wilson and all this other stuff. So we'll definitely spend some time on it tomorrow uh, when we have the extended show. But the anniversary is now and tomorrow, basically, is what we're saying. Uh, and then let's just lead off today with Trevor Lawrence because what he had to – absorb, endure, and everything in his rookie campaign certainly didn't set him off on the right foot necessarily, okay? And he comes out of that, gets Doug Peterson paired up with him, all the other offensive coaches and things you can see over the last five-game stretch. Matt threw the numbers out a couple days ago. They're pretty damn good. And so he is now looking back at that London game as a major pivot point uh, for the team, for him, for everybody. So let's set up this – clip from Trevor from yesterday uh, when the media was gathered around him just talking about those moments in time for him. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a few of those moments um, really in my career so far, but I think at that point, I remember, I, I'll never forget how I felt in that locker room after the game. You know, obviously it wasn't a good day for me, and I really just felt like really, it felt like that a couple times, but no, none more than after that game, really felt like I let the, the team down. You know, should have won that game. Um, I think we had lost four. That was our fifth one in a row. So I was just, I remember, I never forgot how I felt in that locker room. I don't want to feel like this anymore. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to one, start taking care of the ball. But two, I just want to be the player that I know I can be. Important, really important for him to be able to say, I'm not going to be the problem. Well, I'm going to be the solution. Well, well, listen, it's always important for a player, especially when the whole team was playing poorly during that losing stretch for the head for the coach I mean for the quarterback to do some self evaluation mm -hmm. because he knows Trevor knows that this team is only going to go as far as he goes and he's got to play better and he played poorly that game and he was honest about the fact that he played poorly but it's, it's one thing acknowledging that then it's one another thing of doing something about it so the fact that he's had this stretch now of the last five games where he's had ten touchdowns no interceptions let me know lets me know that he's paying attention to detail things. Because in the NFL, it's not the big things, it's the little things that separate the good ones from the great ones. And I know from Trevor's comments and the way he, he talks, he mm -hmm. wants to be great. Yeah. He wants to be great. And he's willing to put in the time, the effort, the energy, the film work, the weight room work, the on-the-field stuff, the off-the-field stuff, to make sure that he's great here in Duval. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate someone who does a self-evaluation, critiques himself very hardly, Let's everybody know I let the team down. I'm not going to do that anymore. And goes out there and performs. It's one thing putting lip service to it, yep. but then it's another thing going out there and actually doing it and getting it done. It's it's also – I understand what you're saying completely, and I agree with you completely. It's also the game starts slowing down for him. True. That's honestly yeah. – he has always had the talent. He's always been a guy who's going to be elite. It, he just had to come to him, and clearly the game is slowing down. Clearly he's starting to make better decisions now. He sees the field better now. So – well, I agree with what he's saying when he says, you know, the, the Broncos game changed it for me. I had to look at myself, blah, blah, blah. He started to see the game a little better, too. Mm -hmm. And that's just a natural progression of players. You know this when you get yeah. in the league. It just 
at some point, it clicks for you, right? Yeah, you know what? I don't think the fans can truly appreciate and understand what it means to when the game slows down. Well, you you know, you've seen the movie The Matrix, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen when the bullets are coming at them and they're slowing and you see them actually come. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's a phenomenon that I can't really explain because it happened to me. When, when I struggled early on in my career with the NFL, because everything seemed to be going full speed, This is the, and I was playing a lot of catch-up, but then when I got it, and it starts slowing down, that's when I start playing better. So yeah. I can't explain. I can only I can only explain it like the Matrix, where you mm-hmm. see the bullets and you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. And you make your move. Yeah. I'm just telling you. That's a phenomenon or, I cannot explain. Or like when Mr. Miyagi finally got him to catch the uh, fly. He yeah, caught, he caught the fly. Too. All right, so we got one more soundbite from that that we'll play in just a second because this is where Trevor's like, okay, I'm taking notes. Okay, people are starting to count me out a little bit. And that, that also was a little bit of fuel Uh, for T-Law, that's for sure. So we got that coming up, Stay in the Cowboys. we approaching National Signing Day next week, so we'll do all of that throughout the course of this first hour right here on XL Primetime. A quick thanks to American Electrical. They are supporting the Ronald McDonald House, and they want you to do it as well if you can. Ronald McDonald House, they have the Deck the Doors campaign because you're talking about kids that are suffering from illnesses that will be staying in a hospital over the holidays, and that's why American Electrical lights up that uh, Christmas tree and everything around the Ronald McDonald House to put smiles on those kids' faces. And you can help as well. Just search Ronald McDonald House of Jacksonville. It's rmhcjacksonville.org. And just like American Electrical, help deck the doors. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, I hope you're all sitting down because we have a three-pack of that just happened. And they're all in the college football ranks. Uh, Let's begin with Bobby Petrino is back in the uh, FBS, baby. He has moved from FCS Missouri State, where he was the head coach the last few years. He will be the offensive coordinator for Barry Odom's UNLV Rebels, baby. You love it. And then should we just do another? That that just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jeff Saturday walks so that Drew Brees could boil her up once more. Thank you, Mike Golick Jr. for that line. Drew Brees has been hired as an assistant coach for his alma mater, Purdue. Not long term, just so that he can assist them in preparations for the upcoming Citrus Bowl. Yeah, wanted to help during the coaching transition. Uh, and so that's uh, – look, he was a great Boilermaker, uh, and it gives him a chance to see if he can't do something for them. And let's hit one more, J.J. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker will be the next NCAA president. His tenure begins on March 1st, 2023. I wonder if he gets paid more – by the mafia to be the gov up there or by the NCAA. Hmm. I don't know. What are you saying? Like he's like accepting bribes? Is that what I you're saying? I have no idea. Did I say that out loud? What does the I NCAA even have? I think you actually just did. <laughs> I did say that out loud. You seen the part. Yeah. Mark like, Mark like, Emmer like was making <laughs> Mark Emmer was making what? Three and a half million? Four something like that. Nice, nice <laughs> contract. It's twelve twenty five and yes, all of that did just happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so I guess he has control over everything except football. He doesn't yeah. have control over anything. Yeah, he has really? control of everything I mean, except football. I mean, they have a lot of other dude. sports. Right. The only thing that – this is what the biggest misconception of all about the NCAA president. The NCAA president is literally the guy that the 300 presidents of that make up, 360-something presidents that make up the association, decide, all right, we're going to put him out front, 
We're going to pay him $2 million, and everybody's going to be mad at him, not at us. Right. And, and that's a, a lot of hands up the backside if you're a puppet. Of course it is. He, this, is the, this is who runs the NCAA. You ready for this? The presidents of the Power Five school run yeah. the NCAA. Yeah. Yeah. That's who runs he it, is period. An and they absolute... work through their commissioners, which yeah. is why we say all the time that Greg Sankey's the most powerful guy in college sports, and whoever the Big Ten commissioner was was always number two and close mm-hmm. behind. Yeah. And it was Delaney forever. And then when he was taken over, you, you wondered whether or not Kevin Warren was ready to go. But he and, was a wolf in and, sheep's clothes. Yeah, he ended up being pretty good. And by the way, uh, it is official with UCLA coming into the Big Ten. And so it's all happening. We talked about. You see what they have to do, by the way? Yeah, the 24 season is when this will all happen. So UCLA has to pay its sister school, Cal, yeah, yeah. $5 million a year mm-hmm. to be able to go to the Big Ten. Yeah. And and I'm not even sure how that. How did that? That would be like. That would be like. How like, did that happen? A that, sister school. That would be like Florida having to pay Florida State right. five million a year to leave because it's no because it's in the SEC and yeah. Florida State can't get in the SEC. Right. Yeah. To to supplement them because so they're that's, all part of the same program. They're part, like they're part of the same program. Uh, state university system is okay. what it is. JJ, yeah, but why only one that they have to pay? Because it's yeah, why the, not like Cal Poly? There's because all of, those other yeah, the Cal Poly and the in the Cal Irvine, they're all Fullerton. It's Cal State Chico. Because, I'm talking about no, Cal State Northridge. That one too. All I'm yeah. saying is. One is that it was in the Pac-12. There was only one other one in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. that was in that system mm-hmm. that they had to pay to. So. Yeah. Okay. All JJ, right, that, I know you were uh, worried on helmets and heels the other night to hear that Louisville hasn't won a basketball game yet this year. Yeah, I was shocked by that. You know what other Power 5 school hasn't won a basketball game yet this year? The Cal Bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a surprise, really, honestly. Yeah. So, hey, uh, but, but the UCLA, the UCLA's. They're not really like a basketball Power though no. they have pushed out like some Louisville good is a blue blood right. like I that's insane to me. Well, hey, listen, Mark Fox, former Georgia Georgia great basketball coach, at the helm of the Bears <laughs> up in Cal at Berkeley right now. So I mean, hey, listen, I wouldn't count him out. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So that has all happened since uh twelve as of twelve twenty five p.m. this afternoon. <laughs> almost as crazy a news cycle as this day one year ago. Oh, indeed. Yes, we will be commemorating over the next two days since it was a forty eight hour affair. Mm-hmm. The dismissal of Urban Meyer as the head coach of your Jacksonville Jaguars. The text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Over the next two days, I can already tell it will be flowing with magical thoughts on the anniversary six four one ten ten. The number to reach us at, but we don't want to talk about the past, even though, as Matt from Pontevedra wants you to know, Leon, you got to remember the past so you can sell in the future. Many would argue that this day, one year ago, set into motion the plan for not only Doug Peterson to take over these Jaguars, but for Trevor Lawrence to go from being considered and projected to be a generational talent to becoming one and also taking names and keeping a list. This is what he had to say yesterday with regards to what Doug Peterson told Rich Eisen was the turning point for Trevor this year, that interception at the goal line against the Broncos, and how Trevor felt in that moment and how he's felt since then. Uh, I have a little bit more of a chip on my shoulder now just because, you know, last year and a half, I don't, I don't really forget what, what's been said and um, what people have written, and now, you know, you see people change their mind after a couple weeks. And, uh, but, I, but, I, but I remember everything, you know, and I don't use that necessarily as my only fuel, but definitely use that and I think that's something this team's done you know we kind of remember how what people were saying when we lost five in a row and then we've won some big games now and um, people kind of change their mind quick so we just have that same mentality um, that we're just out, we want to prove you know how good we can be every week and uh, I think that's been the cool thing about this team yeah I'll say the same thing to Trevor that I said to Zay or any of the other ones um, uh, while we're talking about a lot of positivity that has come out of the couple of wins that they've had over Baltimore, over the Tennessee Titans, 
they still truly do have a long way to go. And so if, if he's yeah. keeping score, we're keeping score. That's just the way it is. But what we are seeing from him looks like it's turned into something special. Well, I, listen, I love the fact that he has a chip on the show. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love the fact he has a chip on the show. But the criticism was fair. It was really fair. This team was terrible. Defensively, tr- uh, defensively, we couldn't stop anybody. We give up big plays. We had penalties on offense, holding, legal procedures. Trevor was missing on a lot of easy passes, touch passes. I mean, so, I mean, I understand, you know, players sometimes get in their feelings, and they use that as motivation, which is good because prove uh, – listen, prove us wrong. Hey, prove us wrong. Get in the playoffs, win a couple of games, and get ready for – I absolutely yep. want – I want them to prove us wrong. Oh, for all the – for the last month, like last what two months, where we said when they was on that losing tier, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely go on, go on a winning tier, win the next what four, three, four games, yeah, get in the playoffs, see what happens. I would absolutely would love to be wrong. Yes, I would. <laughs> I mean, it is pretty simple. Yeah. And, and like I said, there are certain traits that every athlete has to have, and that is athleticism, all that stuff that you would expect when it comes to going out there and competing at a high level. But one of the other pieces you need to have in your old DNA is a chip on your shoulder. Uh, you really do. And don't ever surgically remove it because that's what you that's your fuel. And, and, and I love it. The fact that he said, you know what, I'm taking note. But you know what that was? That was him challenging himself. You can use the outside forces, but you were challenging yourself. I found it interesting. And, Matt, you weren't in the pre-show meeting at this point when I brought this up to Joe and Leon, that some of our fellow colleagues in the media came away from Trevor's statement yesterday in that soundbite you just heard and said, oh, no, now he's going to turn into Jalen Ramsey. And it's going to be, we tried to tell you that this was going to happen. I came away from it and did not feel that at all. If anything, I came away from it and said, unlike Jalen Ramsey, who would have said all those things and then said, yeah, you guys fuel me, perhaps, Mm -hmm. perhaps, don't want to speculate, but that's probably what he would have said. You heard Trevor's last sentence there. He said, again, this is one of the things that motivates me, but in reality – We're just using it to motivate ourselves to be the best we can be. It wasn't, yeah, I love everybody hating on me and you're trash and you're trash and you're trash. I would never make the comparison, at least at this juncture, between those two. I don't don't know why it's not just with players. It's just, look, this is my profession. Have a little pride in your craft. Who cares what anybody else says? You could say I use it as, as motivation. That's fine. At the end of the day, you want to be the best you can be, right? Right. Joe, you want to be the best yeah. radio guy you can be, right? All day long. We all do. We all want yeah. to be the best of what we want to be in our profession because we're kind but, of wired that way. Why would it but, just be as simple as that? But, but, but man, it's a little different when the, when the, the local media kind of turns on you. Because I, I was here in Jacksonville when 96 when we weren't playing that good. You know, and the fans weren't as nice yes, because so. we were losing. Have you seen that. my mentions? I'm just saying we have Twitter? feelings too, Matt. All right, we have had feelings too. Hey, but have the, you seen okay, my mentions on saying, Twitter? Believe but, me, man. But what I'm saying, but when I said when we started winning, <laughs> you when we had when we started winning, it was nothing better than to interview Prisco when we were winning because he gave us the business when we were losing. But when we started winning, but you love Prisco. I absolutely love him to death. I always gave him an interview, win, lose, or draw. I I, I love I love giving the interviews. But when we started winning and we went to the playoffs and won in Buffalo, I he didn't have to come look for me. I looked, I came and looked for him. Huh? He could be in the locker room. I'm going to, I'm going to Prisco. How you like me now? Mm-hmm. I was like Kumo D. How you like me now? Right, but you didn't need to because you I knew know. he knew. You he knew he knew. He was my guy. I just, I know. I just like I giving the business. But still, it does. I mean, that is the player at the core. It fires you up, mm-hmm. and you do want to, you know, flip somebody off or whatever. Because, and look, look at the end of the day, honestly. Uh, and I think of this as myself in my profession as well. 
if I screwed up or something and I was motivated by something else mm-hmm. and I did something right, I might say I'm going to flip off somebody, but at the end of the day, I'm flipping myself off because I was the yeah. idiot that screwed yeah. up the first time. Yeah, but you're not at a local bar and you're losing, and, and your fans across the bar are saying, "What are you doing now? You're losing games. Take yeah. your butt home." Yeah, I mean, it ain't happened to me. It happened to guys Bro, you, you out near the beach. You obviously have never walked across campus in Auburn during game night. Ah, people recognize you, start screaming. I understand you, it, but yeah. I'm just telling you, as players, you encounter that kind of stuff when you're on a bad team. Yeah, they're like, "Don't, don't sit over well, there and enjoy you, yourself." Exactly. You don't get, you, you don't get death threats, bro. No, 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 no. You, Are you going, going McElwain on us right now? I am going neat. That's yeah. what I'm telling yeah. you, bro. That's what I'm saying, all right? Okay. All right. You, you're going yeah. too far. Now. We're going to say hello to uh, Carl. That's exactly what I'm saying, all right? You start writing stories about, you know, these guys that wreck programs. SEC yeah. then you start getting don't people, play, you know, bro. Yeah, then you get people start talking about uh, you better not be alone when you're out tonight. I Believe remember me. when you wrote about Tennessee like a, I don't know, I guess it's been a couple years now. But it was pretty brutal, man. So people don't handle the truth well, man. Yeah. Well, you said they would later, never be back. They're back, and then, bro. And then years, <laughs> so who is wrong? Well, I, I mean, I, I, cer- don't I certainly was wrong. Campus. I certainly yeah. was wrong when I wrote that, you know, four years ago. But, you know, was NIL wasn't around. Ago? NIL wasn't around, and free and free player movement wasn't around. So the, the landscape the changed. Either, they hadn't hired the PE teacher yeah, at that time. No, this was four years. Honestly, the landscape changed. Anyone can be great in college football. TCU's in the playoff right now. Anyone can be great in college football now. Yeah. You do it the right way. We're going to say hello to Carl Eller coming up from Gridiron Greats. But before we do that, I do have a that on the college football front. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Hyatt Regency downtown, the closest hotel, the TIAA Bank Field, has nearly sold out its block reserve for out-of-town media and hotel itself nearly sold out for the week of the game. According to Gary Smitter of the Florida Times Union, the game I am referring to is not the Jaguars and the Cowboys. It is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the South Carolina Gamecocks. The Gator Bowl officials may be able to announce a ticket sellout by next week. It's just great for Greg McGarrity and for everybody uh, and all the uh, Gator Bowl volunteers, and I know a number of them, and I talked to Katie Cox the other day, who's one of the, the marketing ladies that has been with the Gator Bowl for a long time. And sometimes the matchup doesn't jump off uh, the, the screen, the page, or whatever. This is a very, very good matchup. It's perfection is yeah. what it is. And, and Beamer comes in with all that fire it's, in him. Gamecock coming in. And obviously, you know, a, a leprechaun versus a Gamecock. First off, it's Notre Dame against anyone, number one. Yes. Okay? And then you get South Carolina, who's beaten two top seven teams in the last, what, month and four weeks, three weeks, four weeks? Mm-hmm. So – that's huge. South Carolina will bring probably 40,000 people to the yeah. stadium, okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if you look at other than the New York Six games, which will be sellouts because they're New York Six games, and the playoff, this is the best non-New York Six slash, slash playoff game out there. It's not close. What? Yeah. Oregon State Dude, versus Florida? Come on. Come on. <laughs> that's that's exactly one, I don't, right. In fact, I don't, I don't think there'll be another bowl other than this one. Again, outside of the New York Six in the playoff, that will sell out. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at the Poland Weed Eater Bowl yet, huh? Have you done that? They yet? actually they actually draw pretty well that's for that anymore. All right, no, they we'll, usually do. Believe which, not. by the well, way, the Penix Bowl they usually yeah. get they usually get close to selling that. Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah, they 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 bring them in. Real quick on the Peach Bowl, Ohio State sold out its ticket allotment in two days. That's a record for any bowl game, mm-hmm. or for, for excuse me, for the Peach Bowl, I should say. They've had to add two thousand standing room only spots due to extreme demand for mm-hmm. the Peach Bowl for that yeah, one it's college be a lot football final semifinal. Ohio State fans, man. It's you don't think they have any chance? They got a. No <coughs> puncher's chance. This is the Ooh. worst matchup Georgia could ask for out of the, all the three teams. I don't agree with that at all. Really? I mean, their defense is terrible. Okay. 
they got a lot of wheelchairs when they get kneecapped. Yeah, yeah. And, and no Travion Henderson. He is in a wheelchair right now. It's XL Primetime. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy was listed as questionable for tonight's Thursday night football game due to oblique and rib injuries is expected to start tonight versus the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I wonder, tape that is now on Brock Purdy, whether or not Seattle will be able to figure it out. I was just telling Big Surge that uh, the Carolina Panthers, who looked like they were just kind of one of the teams left for dead, uh, and Steve Wilkes, they ran and ran and ran all over Seattle and just bruised them and beat them and battered them the other day. And I'm wondering if uh, that's going to be the same thing from the Niners. Uh, well, Brock Purdy's the least of their problems. If they're getting those two tied in fullback sets against them, they can't stop the run. The 49ers are just going to run the ball down there. You throat. would think. Absolutely. And I, just I wonder, would. Yeah, I just wonder if they got enough on Purdy to, to maybe harass him a little bit. But, yeah, Seattle went from, like, that really cool story to kind of uh, dying on the vine a little bit right now. At least that's what Which it Which we all like. knew would happen. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, uh, but, again, uh, I just told – that's in Seattle, correct? I just told, yeah. I just told Sirs, uh, I, I was uh, I was the guy that was teasing teasing down the Seattle Seahawks to win that game over Carolina by a half. A, I think I might have even had a half a point, and that's what they did to me Sunday. This is one of those games, though. This is one of those NFL games tonight. You got a home team. Oh, I love the home team desperate. on Thursday night. You got a team that feels good about a brand new quarterback. Everybody, he's the next Gardner Minshew now. Everybody's oh, look at Brock Purdy. Hey, if he's wearing that, heavy as the crown, they're going to roll. They're going to roll into Seattle, yeah. and it's going to be like twenty-three to nine or something. Yeah, it, it easily could be. Easily, the Niners have been rolling. Easily. And by the way, Niners just beat up on the goat, so they're feeling pretty good about themselves. And uh, there's no question. Seahawks, I, I love the. I love the desperate. Yeah. Home underdogs. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm reading that same Vegas playbook, and I, I'm buying into that. And we'll see whether it happens or not. Three point line, according to the good folks over at my bookie, which you would not game. think. That Seattle, after getting dusted by uh, a, a two or three win, a three win Carolina team, would be a, just a three point dog. By the way, you know who else is a desperate home dog? This team. This team. I have a great one off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We can't thank you enough, Robert Riley, U.S. Navy, currently listening on the app from Limon, Costa Rica. He says, Yes, you guys have a listening audience that goes beyond the borders. Love it. Robert, Round of applause. Sweet I love yeah, you, let's man. Clap, clap it up for Robert, everyone, and thank you for your you. service as well. With that said, what a rough job. With that said, Costa Rica. right? I know, right? <laughs> Protecting us. With that said, Robert says, as a longtime Cowboys fan, I do want to see the Jags get the win. Jags need it more than Dallas. I want to see Jags Titans Week 18 flex to NBC Sunday night, yeah. last game of the season. I expect a huge crowd. Oh, since oh the. Look, biggest crowd since 06 since Dallas came to the bank. Let's go. Yeah, I love I don't, it. You think they, I don't think they do that. I still don't think they flex that. Well, it just depends on what other I think division. they should, but well, I don't it, think but they But it will. depends on – I was talking to the Beer Boys this morning, and, and they, were, they were wondering because that, that could be a huge atmosphere. And I'm like, if other division titles are on the line, let's just go to the very obvious, the NFC East with all the popularity of those teams, right. if they can flex one of them, if they're looking at – at Ravens and Bengals, and I actually don't know who plays, you know, in the AFC North, but they try and line up at least a division game in Week 18 to make sure that they have that television audience if they're playing for division titles. If a lot of them have been wrapped up, 
this one would be a candidate. If not, then no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it could be moved to a four, right? Yeah, could also be moved to a four. Yeah, but yeah, they. The, the, usually the chatter is always like jump, d- dropping down into that eight o'clock. So you guys get are you just like trying a, to drink stuff. If you move to four, trying not to. You know, if you move to four, you're about a quarter into the game. You got a little darkness, and that's a big game, then, mm-hmm. boy. Don't oh, forget, it's always, then yeah. it's 2019. Yeah. 2019, the Jags <laughs> were. Game. 2019, the Jags were out of it, but the Colts needed to win yeah. to get into the playoffs, and they flexed that to a four o'clock mm-hmm. start time, and that had a little darkness, and that had that's the Jags. That's what I'm saying, bro. One quarter in. Well, Two of the last three years they've been here. Well, so it'll be cold, you know. Okay, the Jets play the Dolphins. St. John's. Yeah. Jets play the Dolphins that day, so that could be a playoff spot. Right. Giants play the Eagles that day, so yeah. that could be something. Uh, and then Commanders, Cowboys. Mm, okay, mm. and, and a little, we know how much they love the NFC East. Oh, they love them. Well, they do, but it's well, not for that's not going to be for division. No, no, title, be a division because the Cowboys no, but they play. care about ratings too. I mean, like if one of these teams is to not make the playoffs, you know, Pats play the Bills that day. Wait, Washington could be playing for a playoff spot. What I if, guess is what my if your boys on a, on a string of like about uh, a? I guess it would be like an eight game string of. You know, 19 touchdowns, no picks. Okay. Suddenly he becomes a guy they want to show. Yeah. Yeah. Bucks, it, Falcons, obvi- uh, also on that. But, oh, yeah, because that's yeah. going to be deciding the NFC South. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, which saying might, all this which is sad. Yeah, knowing, seven wins. Knowing here. the pass rush is coming out on Sunday, we're talking about all Yeah, this. seven wins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, let's take a look uh, at the Slow line, the line, which uh, has dropped, by the way, again, Matt Hayes, according down to the to good four. folks at my bookie. It is now down to four. And I and that is after. Did you see the Jaguars injury report yesterday? Yeah, which was uh, for the first time. Yeah, I think all year is bigger than the other teams. Uh, Most guys report. they've had on the injury report all season. I want to read it to you guys just so you understand that the line moving. Even though the Jags had all these guys out, like what does that say? So Trevor Lawrence didn't practice again yesterday. Um, he told us told reporters afterwards that essentially same as last week. He didn't practice. He didn't take part in individual drills. He came out for team drills. He did mental reps. Same exact plan as last week. Darius Williams and Brandon Scherf both didn't practice with abdomen injuries, which and this is after Darius kind of got put back in a good spot to where right. he was making some plays defensively. I thought that was interesting. And then Trayvon Walker did not practice with the ankle injury. I can confirm, having been in the locker room yesterday, the boot is huge and the boot is real yeah, um, that he is sporting. Trayvon. So I mean, um, that that is a real thing that's happening. So obviously, we'll monitor that. And then as Doug Peterson had told reporters yesterday morning, Chad Muma limited but did practice for the first time since he suffered that ankle injury against the Detroit Lions. And then Andrew Wingard limited with the shoulder injury he suffered against the Titans. But Andre Sisco was a full participant for the first time in two weeks. Yeah, and so he's a guy back in safety that they certainly could use. This receiving core and that quarterback, if Dak, if Dak does what he does more often than not, he will throw for a bunch of yards. And this secondary is going to be challenged you know, even if time. everybody's healthy, yeah, yeah, big time, exactly. With Cisco playing, yes. if they were healthy and they were yeah. all there, it would it would be a challenge, yeah. yeah. And so now numbers being what they are, Cisco needs to come back on a tilt, ready to go, and Darius Williams needs to be healthy. He really does. We don't need, we don't need Dewey in pass cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I like Dewey against the run. Yeah, Dewey's a good guy, good spark plug. Yeah. We don't need him back. There. Hey, no. Coach Campo has said his number one concern. <laughs> his yeah. n- well, no, I'm curious to see, and we'll have Coach Campo on coming up in just a little bit, but I'm curious to see with the two-headed monster that the Cowboys have at tailback, if you see more of that big safety nickel look mm-hmm. like they ha- ran against the Ravens yeah. Yeah. in the three-safety scheme because of Pollard and Zeke Elliott on the we'll other talk side. About, yeah, and I the way it's, you describe it is 
Perfect, because you don't know where oh or when it's coming I don't even from. I want to hear that because now, now I have visions of play action thrown over the top, and that's not good. Well, both of them, though, honestly, it's you're going to have big runs. Not good, bro. Big I'm league. worried about the wheel routes with the running backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've yet to know. We, we, listen, we don't know what the running backs look like in the games. So. Yeah, I'm better at screen uh, stopping screens, but uh, yeah, the wheel route. Uh, All I, I can th- see is these guys biting real hard, man. Then whoop. Dan right. Mullen would tell you the wheel route is always open at the bank. Yeah. No. But think about this. We're talking like you. You put. ETN out there, and and let's just go back to the J-Rob days or Hasty now. You've got a feel for what type of play they'd like to run, right? Yeah. Because they're, it's predictable. Pollard and Zeke, it ain't predictable. You don't know. Both of those guys can do both things very, very well. Heck, run game, inside, outside, pass game. They certainly can find you know those wheel routes and do stuff. So that happens before the play action. So happens. we have hit Thursday, by the way, and, which, and this is what I've been saying all year. By Thursday is when you start to turn toward. Yeah, they can win that game. Yeah. yeah they, well, we I'm were, not. I haven't turned. But yeah, you know, like last week we were correct because things were tilting in that direction. I get it, but yeah, there's just there's so much right now that points to they're gonna have problems Sunday. Hmm? I mean, it's, how it, it, Parsons and Lawrence? They have. Problems, how are they blocking those guys? Right. They have problems against a pass. Not that that entire defense is really good. Yeah, a pass dominant team they have problems against. They can cover in the secondary. Yeah, and take a look at what their rush or excuse me defensive pass ranking is right now. It's top five, right? And so they're pretty good on that end. There's no question. And about oh, it. by the way, they're very balanced on offense. They've got multiple weapons on offense. And you know what else? They got Mike McCarthy coaching them, and they can screw it up. So left that's and a good right. point. I'll that's also okay. a very good point. Real yeah. quick, before we say hi to Carl Eller on the subject of Micah Parsons, JJ, if you could queue up uh, number eleven from Trevor Lawrence yesterday, he did ask about Micah Parsons. He was asked, excuse me, about Micah Parsons, and uh, I think you guys will enjoy his uh, quite prompt response when he was asked about a guy who he's known. He told us afterwards since his senior year of high school when they both played in the All American Bowl, and uh, he's a guy he's gotten to know over the years. So this was Trevor Lawrence when asked about. Michael Parsons, how do you stop him? He's a great player. You know, you just see his athleticism. Um, I think he's one of the best pass rushers in the league. Just, you know, week in and week out, the plays he makes, his pursuit, chasing down from the backside, all those things. He's a guy you always got to know where he's at. You got to have a plan for him because um, he's a guy that definitely can, can wreck a game if you don't plan for him. So, um, and even if you do, he's going to make plays. That's just, you know, that's the nature of it. He's a great player. Um, you do everything you can to stop him, but he's going to make a few plays and, you know, we've played good pass rushers this year, but he's up there with, with the best of, of who, we, who we've played. So, um, you know, I, I know him going back to high school, so I'm excited to see him out oh. there. J.J. cut off the first line. We asked, how do you stop him? And Trevor goes, you don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You punch him in the mouth. How about that? There yeah. you go. First play. You punch him in the mouth. You talk smack to him. You let him know this is not going to be an easy day. You're not in all of Michael Parsons. Uh, you a man, I put on my pants like you put on your. I, I wish we had just somebody on this team that had a little bit of attitude when it comes. Listen, the hell with Michael Parson. All right? That's offensive line needs to step their game up and get them blocked. Bottom line, he's in the way. Yeah, but you don't want to okay. say that before the game. To Why the I don't want to say it? If it makes you feel if like if bulletin board material. No, no, no. I'm saying well, I'm talking about doing the, the game. On the field. I'm talking oh, about doing the game. Yes. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Leon, Micah Parsons, according to ESPN that just popped up on the screen, he's busy trash talking Jordan Mayada and the Philadelphia Eagles, and Mayada said, doesn't he have his own game to worry right. about? And he's still not wanting to crown Jalen Hurts. Yeah. All right, now if if Micah <laughs> is anything like. Carl Eller, he will be tough to deal with. We're going to say hello to one of the greats in the game coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. The opportunity for him to make a statement. He, a lot of people thought he could come in and, and be, you know, if not somebody that could compete with 
with Anthony Richardson could provide, you know, uh, depth as a, as a backup, and, and none of that really played out because of the thumb surgery and how long it took him to come back from that. But uh, I do think it's an opportunity for him to, to state that he's not, you know, a forgotten man, that, um, you know, this is the start of his 2023 season. Announced today, Drew Brees has been hired as the interim assistant coach at his alma mater, Purdue. He will coach in the Citrus Bowl and can recruit via NCAA waiver. 71 degrees at 103, time and temper brought to you by Bueller Air Condition. Stay cooler with Bueller. This 1010XL 92.5 FM hour is powered by Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-3. That's 1-800-747-3733. Now. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Pleasure to say hello to a Hall of Famer as we begin our 1 o'clock hour. Carl Eller joins us now as we talk a little NFL. Uh, Welcome in, Carl. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Thank you. Well, listen, we appreciate you joining us. uh, And as a Hall of Famer, I think it's fair maybe to start off with this conversation first because we, we're going to ask you about gridiron greats and Mike Dickham, what he's been doing trying to help help some of the older veterans. But one of our very first Jaguars made it into the Hall of Fame, uh, and the celebration was huge uh, up in Canton, Ohio, Tony Baselli. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, what's your thoughts of Tony finally making it into the Hall? Well, I think that was great, you know, and the people in uh, Canton really treat you well make you feel like you belong there. Of course, that's where you do belong. That's something you have to earn. And I think Tony certainly earned his position there. Now, Carla, I remember as a kid watching the, the Purple People here, the Minnesota Vikings were one of my favorite teams back in the day. But also I wanted to say thank you because I, I, I benefited from the Gridiron Grades about 10 years ago when I was kind of down on my luck and uh, needed some assistance and Gridiron Grades provided hotel for me, which actually influenced me to write my book, Fourth Down the Damn Alignment Stories. So I wanted to say thank you for that. Um, uh, what, what The game, the game from when you played, uh, every era says is different as far as toughness and physicalness. How is the game that you watch today different than when you played back in the day? Well, okay. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, you know, and uh, one of the things that, that happened when I watched the game today you know, I I try not to read the newspapers about contracts or salaries or you know things like that because you know it's so much different today in in, in that area. But um, I watch the guys. I'm I'm amazed with what the hits they take, uh, especially the receivers. I kind of watch those guys, and they go up in there to get the ball. They come down on the turf. Bam, you know, it's like it's amazing that they can get up, you know. And I, 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 I think the game has changed. Certainly you can't really smash a quarterback like you used to. But but uh, they got some really fine athletes out there today. And um, I, I, I am not sure whether they um, get the they, – it's a faster game. But I really watch the receivers. If you watch those guys, how they go up to get the ball, and the guy will come under them, tackle them. I don't care which game you watch. You watch them take some terrible hits and some terrible falls. So it's a wonder they don't have more injuries than they do. But, uh, you know, uh, when I play with guys who are dedicated, they 
had thought off the field they had to have a second job and all that stuff, but there's certainly change in those areas. Five-time All-Pro Carl Ellers, formerly of the excuse me, should say 14 of his 15 seasons with the Minnesota Vikings, joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line with Gridiron Greats. Let's talk a little bit about one great wide receiver and a team that has jumped out to quite the season. Your Minnesota Vikings, Carl. Um, some people have called them the most fraudulent 10-win team in the National <laughs> Football League. Give us an idea, since obviously we we cover the Jaguars here in the AFC. How do you see Minnesota playing into and factoring into the NFC landscape this season? Well, they have certainly come on board. You know, they're one of the exciting teams. Of course, a lot of their games are very, very, very close. It was kind of a, a nail-biter. But, you know, the big change, I think, is in Cousins, the quarterback. I think he's a veteran guy. He knows the game. But I think he's taking chances this year. You know, he's he's more dedicated or something. Something is different about him. He's making, he's a big reason that a lot is happening towards the wins that they've had. And also, that Justin Jefferson, nobody can stop talking about him. He's the kind of a guy to go up and get the ball. And he can take a hit. You know, that's a question. It, that's been answered because I've seen him get those hits. He goes up and gets the ball. Guys will come in and hit him, and he'll bounce right up. So there's two big – a lot of it has to do with the players. One, I think, is his cousin, and the other is definitely Jeff, Jefferson. Hey, Carl, you spoke earlier about the wide receivers and their athleticism and how they take big hits. Um, and it's a perfect segue into the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund. Why is it so important for you, the fund, and how did you get involved? Well, I got involved because they say I'm a, you know, I've been around for a long time. But the idea is that they, like, uh, they help the assistance fund help guys with things like transportation, like housing, uh, all those kind of incidentals that sometimes overlook, you know, that a lot of times the uh, medical stuff will be taken care of, but sometimes their travel costs, they don't have money for it, they haven't stored up or saved money or didn't come with their contracts when they were playing and all that stuff. But they let's say they live in Florida or they live close to Jacksonville or have somewhere else in Florida that that's not close to Jacksonville and they have to travel, then they gotta bring a family because a lot of guys need a caretaker just to get around. And uh, so it's the incidentals that can mount up like uh, back rent or other assistance where they can't play it. It's things that put the player's mind at ease and he doesn't have to worry about, you know, which is uh, the mental stuff can be mind-boggling for players on that side. You get a knee or ankle or shoulder, you know, something fixed that maybe they're not close to the hospital. A couple more for Carl Eller, a Pro Football Hall of Famer, part of the Gridiron Greats with their assistance fund. You can help out if you want to check it out. They've got a grand prize. You know what they put together? They put together football and pork rinds, okay? They've got the 14th Annual Pork Rind Appreciation Day, sacks and snacks, and you can head on over to Pork Rind Appreciation Day. You get entered, uh, you can win five grand in a year of pork rinds, and that also helps 
the the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund, which is awesome. All right, so before you go, Carl, because heck, they didn't even count sacks the way they do in today's world. You I and, know, yeah. I know. <laughs> And How many would the purple people eaters have back in the day? You and, and, oh, and I'd Alan have Payne. a few more. I'd have a few more. I argue with those guys about the number. I would think I have a, probably a dozen, dozen more sacks. And so I, you know, I, I think the credit me was a hundred and thirty, yeah. which is way up there, you know, of course. But I think there were a few more. When you uh, chase the guy through the sidelines, they wouldn't count that yeah. and all kinds of things. They would say, "Well, that's." And plus, I had a coach who would say, "Oh, that wasn't a sack." Oh, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, Bud Grant was a tough one back in the day. That's for sure. Yeah, Bud Grant yeah, was a tough guy, but that they count the sack. In fact, I say uh, sacks for sacks. That's what you. That's what you get. Brookrisingappreciationday.com. So. You know, that's what you get. And you win $5,000. That's something not to receive that. Yeah, and, and a year of pork rinds, I think that might be just as valuable. Well, listen, Carl, we appreciate you visiting with us. Uh, continued success, continued good health, and, and thanks for uh, trying to do everything you can to make sure you help some of the uh, former stars of the NFL with the Gridiron Greats uh, Assistance Fund. Uh, well, you guys are great, and thank you. I appreciate all you've done to yourself. All thank right, you. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Yeah. That's the snacks or excuse me, Sacks for Snacks sweepstakes again today is a 14th annual Pork Rind Appreciation Day. Yeah, and I'm hoping, I'm begging that they might send us some uh, pork rinds uh, for, for, I don't know, by the time we get to the Super Bowl. You're a fan? Yeah. Pork I like rinds? pork rinds. Okay. Now listen, right. they ain't the healthiest thing. They are not. But uh, I like grease and tra- I like bacon. A lot of trans fat there. A lot of trans <laughs> By the way, that was Alan Page, Gary yeah. Larson. Yeah, yeah. with Carl Alan Miller Page with Carl. And Jim Miller. Marshall, the purple people eaters. Yeah. Who was the yeah. Jim Marshall? Who was the fourth? Uh, Gary Larson. Yeah. Okay. And Jim, so, I mean Jim Marshall was the infamous running the wrong way for eight. Exactly. Yards. But it's so funny. You think of back in the day, the Purple People Eaters, the No Name Defense, the Steel Curtain. There's always one. The Fearsome Foursome. There's mm-hmm. always one that you can't remember. You can usually remember three. The killer of the bees. Four. Yeah. Remember the killer yeah. Bees? Oh yeah. You're the a Dolphins bees. fan. You remember? Well, yeah. Well, there's the No Name Defense, defense no back. Defense. You know, yeah. But the Killer Bees. There were a ton of them. But you go the fearsome foursome, and you go Merlin Olson, Rosie Greer, um, uh, Jack Youngblood. You can't remember the, the fourth one. Here's the thing. I always remember as a kid sitting in front of the TV and listening to that. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. As a kid, that it, it, the music oh. and, and, and the slow motion effects of the, the, the time. The narrating. Yeah, and the narrating. Yeah. I mean, hell, that made me want to play football. Listening yeah, John Lovison. Yeah. I always wanted to Jack be the voice uh, yeah, of NFL films, but it was it was there's such such fearless players, and as he described, you had to get a side job to, yeah. to basically supplement your your income. Oh yeah, the first thing he talked about was the salaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of those guys they weren't making enough money. They had to take they had to have side jobs in order to to make ends meet because of, compared to what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine kids now? Have, not making, having to have work two jobs oh to make ends meet. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. But I want to do. I do want to say this though, uh, as far as uh, Carl Evers, uh, Ellers, and then, um, Mike Dicker mm-hmm. with the Gridiron Grades. That's why I gave him a shout out because you know you you read my book Fourth Down Day yeah. in Alabama Store. You can get on Amazon. Shameless plug. And but you can ten years to ago, it on Audible. And you Audible. But but ten years ago, I mean, I t- I was under siege. I had so many different um, uh, people and stuff coming at me to where. Uh, I was scrambling about trying to 
just trying to find a place to stay. This, that. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to Gridiron Grace, and they, they provide you with assistance. That's you know, awesome. Hotel assistance, back rent assistance, all that kind of stuff. And I know a lot of people say, well, you was a pro athlete. You made all, a lot of money. This is that. Well, you make a lot of money, but then you have a lot of people trying to take your money. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of ten, they, they do take your money. And you admit in the book that you. some And I admit it in the book, all this yeah. stuff. So I wanted to give Gridiron Grace a shout out. Because they gave me the opportunity because they were able to put me up in a place mm-hmm. by myself and couldn't play my dogs. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I, was able to write, I was able to write that storyline mm-hmm. that pertained to my book, you know, because of, the, of their assistance. Yeah, it's, it really is awesome. And look, yeah, anyone who hits that situation where they don't have an answer, it's nice to know that that fraternity, because it was blood, sweat, and tears that you did mm-hmm. uh, give to the game, and the game is pretty damn healthy, uh, that's for sure. So it's nice that they're able to do that. All right, we've got – Another seg with Big Sirs, and then we've got Coach Campo, who's bringing Darren Woodson uh, onto the show, uh, coming up right around three or one thirty. So we will do that. Coming another up. cowboy that cost me a ring. Yeah, another. Thanks, one. Coach. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> it's XL Prime Time. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. I know we talked a little bit about Todd McShay's first mock draft for ESPN earlier this week with regards to Anthony Richardson. I want you guys to get a load of this one. So apparently, Todd McShay, when he went on ESPN to explain his mock draft, said that Jalen Carter of Georgia had, quote, character issues that could hurt him in the draft, while simultaneously projecting Jalen Carter to go to the Seahawks with the number two overall pick. Some of the Georgia Bulldogs have now sounded off about this. I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, I'm assuming number 88 on Georgia, Matt Ryland Godet. I don't know if he's a walk-on or if he's a contributor to them. I've never heard his name before, but he's a member of the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. He quote tweets this video of Tom McShay and says, What's he like in the locker room, you ask? One of my favorite guys to be around, all-around stud as a player and as a friend and teammate. Oh, and by the way, guess who just retweeted that tweet? Mm-hmm. One Trayvon Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he probably knows a little bit about another teammate that he had. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a, uh, Brandon Merriweather, a good friend of my Brandon Merriweather, lives in the park and went to park. I mean, he had Jalen Carter in his Pop Warner league when he was a little he, – he said he's been a quality kid all the way through. So, I mean, these character issues thing, where mm-hmm. are they coming from? You know how it goes. They it, Once you get it's wind, one once one scout starts it, yeah. because he wants him to fall, that's why. Right. That's why you get a little character. It's a little saboteur. saboteur. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it can happen in a hurry. Uh, and look at Dave's laughing. Dave knows. Mm. Yeah. And by the way, the uh, everyone says, "Oh, yeah, just, everyone's telling the truth." No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. Every everyone's got an agenda, mm. and if they can get a guy to tumble, then they're just going to hope that it falls into their lap. And it can happen that way. What do you think? They're above that. There's mm. also people that have character issues. Oh, true too. True too. And look, there are some of them that are second-guessed over and over. And I think Fred Taylor is a classic example. Fred Taylor was looked at as a guy that, coming through Florida, uh, got in trouble a couple times. Was he mature? Was he all this? Uh, And look what happened. We're talking about a guy that is tried and true. So, Randy Moss. I mean, these guys can turn. Antonio Brown. Yeah, 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 but here's the thing. If you're going to say a dude's got character issues, then you need to – the source needs to be relayed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because now you question – I mean, first of all, you're messing with my money. Right. All right, that's one problem. Then secondly, if you're going to say he's got character issues, step to the step to the mic. Right. 
and put your, well, put, your name on, McShay, put your name on it. I probably got that information if he got that information from someone at Georgia. If he releases and says, "Hey, I got this from exact name of assistant coach at Georgia," yeah. he's not going to get any information from these right. guys. That, anymore. Yeah, it'll never happen. That's how this game works. Right. It'll never happen. By the way, he's not going. The person's not going to want to be given up because then he'll have to answer to Jalen Carter so, as well. But the thing is, is that there, it's it's convenient to say certain things. And you don't really ever have to back it up, and that's yeah. the only problem, the only negative to some. So, so, so the kid loses money. Mm-hmm. So it's all right. The kid loses money. No, no, it's no, not no. All I'm right. just saying, but I'm saying somebody that it could it, be somebody envious of him, jealous of him, putting his name out there. It, now he's talking about the draft, and he calls it him five to ten million dollars. Right, so it's not all right, but I can tell you this: you're blaming the wrong person. Hmm? The person to blame is the guy giving him the information. Yeah, it's the NFL personnel guy giving him the information because he wants him to fall. That's why. Or a Georgia personnel person. No, I don't think a Georgia yeah. personnel. No, I don't right. think a Georgia person. Yeah. Would do it, that. it may not. May not. But look, uh, Tyreek Hill was second guessed a bunch. He's not been in trouble that I that I mm-hmm. know of. There yeah. are certain certain other guys. Antonio well, Brown I mean, wasn't. I was to, in be, college, to be fair, he did yeah. punch his pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, in college, he had some questionable. I, 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 I'm just simply saying. After right that, started, yeah. he fell because of that. He cost himself. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend that. I'm saying since then he was drafted late and he's not caused himself or a team a problem. Right. I mean that that's right. really that's also the perfect point is yeah. If you have a okay, you have a problem. Doesn't mean you can't be different. Right. Doesn't mean yeah. you can't change. Right. Yeah, you're Everybody 18 can or 20 years old. Right. Exactly. You're, you know, no one's perfect. Right. By the way, uh, the tight end that tweeted that originally from Georgia, uh, Godet, Gaudi, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of those two young ones that's going to be coming up through the rankings once he and you Oscar know, Delp, yeah. yeah, once you know, uh, Brock Bowers and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Darnell Washington and uh, Eric Gilbert, you know, you know, just those three three headed monster at tight end. Once well, look, once they graduate, then you'll be hearing from this guy. You want to talk more. about uh, another guy who's been talked about? Eric Gilbert's been talked about a bunch. As far as maturity, uh, nomadic nature, he just jumps from one place to another. Now that's a that's that used to be rare. Now it's just every day in the transfer portal. But. Yeah, but his isn't character. His is he's got to stay eligible. Yeah, he just has to stay. Yeah, eligible, that's all. But is that not character? I mean, I, I mean, I it yeah, is. I guess yeah. If you're not doing yeah. what you're supposed to do to be able to be eligible, then you're yeah. But to be fair, and this and I, this has been an argument for I don't know how long. Some guys are just should be in college for, to play football. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of administrators that think that too. A lot of university presidents that think that that there should be when you get to school, there should you should choose a track. Right. My track I'm choosing is I'm going to play football, and you take courses that that you know that that help help with that. Okay, right. My 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 or the other track is I'm going to go to school and I'm going to play football. Mm-hmm. And there's different tracks that you take. And believe me, there are presidents that believe in that. So it's. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to put that on a guy because because he's not good in school. That you know, all of a sudden he's a bad dude. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with a kid going in to just play football either. But the one thing I would say that should go and tell with that financial literacy, understanding. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Understanding. Oh, yeah. That's part of that track. Yeah, though, yeah. Financial literacy. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Because more than half the players are going to Lehigh had no absolutely no idea. Who their financial their financial guy where they putting their money? No, those how, are literally like like I actually uh, yeah. I've actually spoken to a president yeah. about this. It's it's financial literacy, it's social adaption, it's um it's the idea of of anger management, all this stuff. Life skills, it's stuff. Life, life skills, skills is life a big skills, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what they deal with in that track. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do that track, I'm a football player. Pre-nup. This is how we're gonna this Pre-nup. is how we're gonna help you. Prenup. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that too. But I mean, it's it's I love this the idea is it's, it's not because you're doing it because you don't think 
they can get through college. Maybe they just don't want to go to college. Yeah. So what you're doing then is just helping them get to where they want to get to. In return, they will help your football team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always going to be a trade. Trade of course. Always. 58-19 on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, to put a wrap on this, mm-hmm. buddy boy. He says he saw Jalen Carter with Coke and hookers just the other night. The Jags are suddenly picking 11th. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Look, uh, I, they, they have fun with it. They do. They do. We but love that, you, text line. When yeah. Matt Jones got drafted, was there, like, character issue rumors before the draft? With the – Yeah, uh, this was a long, long time ago. Well, he got – I have to go back and think about this, but you're talking about the Arkansas quarterback. Yes, slash okay. wide receiver. So, the reason why he uh, – What it, about Blackman? Yeah. Blackman, oh, there were uh, other teams that had sent scouts okay. to the yes. bars in Stillwater, and, and, and yeah. they were witness. And Blackman yes. had, at least at the very least, had people wondering in Stillwater about his character, okay? And it just so happened that Gene Smith was making a decision and, and made a desperate decision. He was a great player when healthy. Yes. See, see, that was one thing that was good about University of Miami, that the guys that went pro, they would give us information about stuff they get talked about. I told you, remember I told you a story about runners, mm-hmm. you know, who they, they, they plant runners Rages, on. Yeah. yeah, they play the NFL or their team pl- puts runners on you while you're in school or where you're at the combine to see if you're going to go out, hang out, drink, party, and all that other kind of stuff right there. So it was always, that's why it was always, imp- it was imperative that when you went pro at Miami, you had to come back and let the other guys know mm-hmm. how things operate so right. you don't get you don't become you don't fall victim you know, to here's it. another thing too like like <clears throat> god it's probably like 5 years ago now i did this detailed q and a with josh rosen mm-hmm. and when he was at ucla and he said something that just blew up on social media nobody everybody couldn't believe it his point was you know you see these guys leaving early for the nfl and you know, everybody says why is he leaving for the nfl he's not going to get picked he may get picked in the 7th round mm-hmm. and he said they're leaving because they don't want to go to school they don't want to go That's to school. Pretty, pretty. So they're obvious. leaving to go yeah. play football and get paid for right. it. And this is, and I'm seeing on the text. Do I have line. to go to class? I'm seeing no. on the text. Can line. I get paid? This yes. is not a black thing. Believe me, there Sign are plenty of white guys yeah. that do not want to go to school. I hate school. Yeah, I, I always but, did. Yeah, it, it, you would think I loved it. It took me so long to get through school, but it's because I wasn't good at getting through school. And so, yeah, if you tell me I can get paid and I right, don't and I, have to go, and to I don't class, understand what's what's wrong with that. Who cares? Yeah, if he doesn't want to go to school. He doesn't want to go to school. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, they will figure it out. The problem is, is that we had this belief that you had to matriculate academically to be able to perform athletically. That's just what you had and, to oh, do. Oh, by the way, part of that idea that, yeah. that, that the university president and I were talking about, part of the tract of the football tract is you're going to get four years to get an academic if it doesn't work out for you. If you want to come back and do right. it, you we're going to open it up for I you. I just hope, I hope more take advantage. Coach Campbell is going to appreciate right. this real quick. Remember, Coach, you remember uh, Miss Price, Anna Price? Okay, so Miss Price was uh, – uh, she was a sorrow to my mom. Mm-hmm. They, they both went to FAMU. They were Deltas or whatever. So my senior year at University of Miami, I was feeling myself. Projected first round, this, this, that, whatever. So I walked up to the academic office. I'm, I'm all Gucci down to the socks and everything, <laughs> looking fly, jury hanging out. Miss Price went up and said, Leon, you look nice today. I said, yeah. She said, did you just come from class? I said, class? I'm about to go pro, Miss Price. I'm about to go to class. <laughs> Damn, she said, you're she not going to class? Mom. She said, you're not going to class? I said, no. Nah. She said, well, I'm going to call your mom. Oh, jeez. I said, Mr. Price, I'm grown. You talking about calling my mom? She went to the office, bro. Started dialing the numbers, and I leaped across the desk <laughs> and said, Ms. Price, don't call my mama. All right? Don't call my mom. I'll, I'll do whatever. I'll go to class. I'll do whatever. <laughs> I'll do whatever. All right, that's a great story to end on, Vic Sars. <laughs> All right, bro. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. You All got right, it. That's awesome. Coach is going to jump in, and he's also bringing a guest with him, Darren Woodson, a cowboy great, coming up. Now. 
Let's wow you with XL Primetime's head coach, Dave Campo. Brought to you by Beaver Chevrolet. With wow pricing every day at beaverchevrolet.com. We lovingly say Coach Campo is our head coach, but a guy that we're about to welcome on, uh, he really was uh, a head coach uh, for this guy at the time. Let's say hello to one of our – I'm excited for this. Let's go ahead and hit the tape here, JJ. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Is it fair to say, Coach, that you saw a diamond in the rough when you saw Darren Woodson in the draft and said, uh, I I want this guy on my football team? Listen, it wasn't even a rough. It only took me about two minutes after he ran the 40 that I knew that he was a guy that we wanted for sure. Let's say hello, Darren (laughs) Woodson. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing outstanding. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, and I know Coach is going to run the show because he's going to get good stories out of you, but I met you at the you Super know, Bowl. Hey, look, i, I got to say this yeah. before we even get started. It's so crazy to hear Coach Campo call me up and, and talk to me like an adult because for so long <laughs> he was either screaming at me, cussing me out, or something. And so it, it's, it's actually like I, I, I actually feel like I grew, I grew up. Like, I'm a grown man now. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. It, it's so funny when we have these relationships. Like, big Cersei, Leon Cersei just left. And when and when Jimmy jumped on the show, you could see him all of a sudden sit up straight. So, let's, yeah. let, let's set aside the other stuff and just start off with how cool was it, Coach Camps being there, your development, because pick up right where you right where you left off right there. Uh, well, he, he meant – look, Coach Camp, Campbell made – such an impact in my life. So, you know, I got drafted. He was the reason why I got drafted. He, he went and ran me and did my pro day at uh, Arizona State and put his neck out on the line for me. So I knew that coming in. Uh, I knew that his <laughs> Jimmy was going to definitely hold him to the fire uh, <laughs> upon my success uh, with the team. Um, I, I think the one thing that, that probably never went unnoticed, I know everyone watched, was the process of how he molded me into the safety and the player that I was. And it wasn't just the position because I was a tweener. I played linebacker in, in college, uh, didn't have any experience of being on the back end of the defense. And he not only did he have to teach me the safety position and the verbiage and you know where to, where to be on the football field, uh, but he also taught me how to cover, like play man-to-man. And, and that was something that a lot of people lost on my first year. I didn't, I didn't start at safety. I was covering the tight end or sometimes the slot receiver and whatnot. And it was through a short period of time. This wasn't like it was two years to, to get there. It was, you know, training camp. They had me out there covering Michael Irvin, which I've still, you know, blame Campbell for, but <laughs> had me out there covering the wide receivers uh, and getting beat and then having some wins and building my confidence. So, it made me the player that I was for those 13 years of my career because I could be more flexible and do the little things and do, you know, play man to man, play the zone. And, and, uh, uh, to my advantage, it just made me a better football player. Darren, let me say this to you. Uh, I know you love me and I love you, but you can thank Jimmy Johnson for you th- uh, starting the second year because I didn't want to start you in the second year either. And he said, <laughs> Darren Woodson's going to start, and I said, "Hey, he's young." And I and, and he, Jimmy said he's going to start, and I said, "You know, Jimmy, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's going to start." <laughs> and, and the rest is history. Let me tell you. But it was very easy because uh, the, the the two things that I loved about you from the very beginning, other than your athletic ability, was number one, you were smart, 
and number two, you were really competitive. So those things stick out right away. Let me ask you a question about the Cowboys real quick. I know you, you've you know, been in Dallas for a long time, and this is something that people, I don't know, realize, but since our Super Bowl and, and Super Bowl thirty, they have not been back to the Super Bowl, and they've really only won a, a couple of playoff games since. So tell, they seem to have stinkers every year. Is it yeah. because they read their press clippings? What is it about the Cowboys that, that kind of has kept them from really uh, finishing off? Look, I, I think, you know, that, and that's a good question, Coach. I, you know, and everybody, you know, I wish I had the, the full answer there, but I would say this. You know, for years this team was, you know, was, was strong offensively, and I think we've been enamored by the talent that they've had uh, on offense. And this, was go, this goes back to, you know, the Tony Romos and the Terrell Owens days when, when they were loaded on the offensive side of the ball. Great running game. Uh, you know, had Marion Barber in the backfield, had a really strong offensive line. But then defensively, they always had their weaknesses. They weren't strong enough on the defensive side of the ball. I think what we've always got enamored with with the Cowboys were the star power and how, you know, nationally we drive the star power. The Cowboys organization drives that star power and, and everybody gets involved and they're like, oh, my God, they're the best, best, like, you know, best talent in the league. I don't think that they've, I think they've been extremely talented individually on the offensive side of the ball, but it hasn't been until this year where I can say defensively, specifically in the secondary, at the linebacker position, maybe not so much on the interior side, but this team defensively has guys. They have guys that can, can stop. They have guys that can pressure the quarterback. They have guys that can make plays on the ball. And that is something that's been different within this organization this year. But in the years past, I think we put this team on a pedestal because we've always saw the star power, but they just couldn't get the job done on both sides of the ball. They were always leaning heavily on that offense to put points on the ball, uh, up on the board, which we all know in the end, when it comes down to it, and I know everybody's going to be their naysayers out there, but when it, in the end, you have to get stops in this league. And your defense is going to have to stop, step up at some point in the league in the, in the playoffs to get those stops on the road or even at home. But you're going to have to get those stops. And I think now they finally have those guys. Dallas Cowboys legend, a former pupil of Coach Campos, Darren Woodson, joining us on the Fair and Farrah phone line. So, Darren, let's dive into this week's big game between the Jaguars and the Cowboys. I'm looking at the series history right now. You are 2-1 and one all time against the Big Cats, at least according to what I can pair from your career records versus the series all-time results. I'm curious, when you hear Jacksonville Jaguars, broad 30,000-foot picture, what do you think when you think of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, it starts at the quarterback position, uh, and that's you know when we when you hear about Trevor Lawrence and the things and has, and his growth and watching him play over the last you know look first year he came in it was like it was hard to watch it really was knew that he was a tremendous talent but just didn't see that talent pop now you're starting to see that talent pop and, you, and you're hearing it within I office here at the Star in Frisco the headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys I have a, a real estate firm that overlooks the practice field. And I'm around these players a lot. And the guy that they're talking about is, is, is the quarterback and, and how, he's, how he's grown up and growing up into himself. And the weapons, you know, you got Marvin Jones, you got Zay Jones, you got a running game that's getting going a little bit. And you cannot, you can't overlook the fact 
that, you know, if, if the running game gets going with, with, with ETN and Jermichael Hasty, if, they, if that gets going, you got some problems. But again, it starts with Trevor Lawrence. And I think that's where the Cowboys are saying, hey, look, we got to get pressure. Uh, we have to understand that they're going to get some, to make some plays down the field. But if we can continue to apply pressure, uh, we can take him off his spot. Darren, what's your thoughts on Diggs? What, what do you think about him as a DB? I think he's a damn good defensive back. I think he's one of the guys, probably the, one of the best going af- after the ball, attacking the football and making big plays on the ball. That when he has his, you know, there's, there's only a few guys that, that I've played with or seen play that when they attack the ball and they get the ball in their hand, they can do something with it. You know, he'll hurt you in a lot of ways. If you attack him, you may get some plays on him. Sometimes you'll get a lot of big plays. I think he's taken away some of the big plays that he was giving up you know, last year, he doesn't have as many interceptions because he's not guessing as much. He's playing more sticky than he, than he played last year. But when you throw the ball at him, the risk is he's going to take it the other way. And there was a guy that I played with that uh, would dare you to throw it out there. His name was, he was number 21 named Deion Sanders. And when he touched the ball and you threw it at him, he was going to take it for a pick six. And I think that's some of the fear that you have with, with Diggs. He's, he's a former wide receiver. He'll go up and get it, and, and then he'll try to take it to the house. He doesn't have the fear of running out of bounds. He'll, tell you, he'll try to take it to the house. So, Dan, we talk about this all the time here, and I want to get your thoughts on it specifically for this game. This game has really come down to getting the quarterback and protecting the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And you see both sides of these teams. Like I, We've been talking all week, how, how is this Jags line going to stop the Cowboys pass rush, and then on the other side, how do they get to Dak Prescott? And that, that's two huge issues in this game. Yeah, it is. And I think if you're the Jags, you got to get the running game going. You have to establish one. And I think that's one of the Cowboys' weakness is the interior of that defensive line. If you can get the Cowboys in those second and threes and third and twos, you got a chance. And you saw the Houston Texans just did it last week. They, they, cut, they kept the Cowboys' defense off balance by running the football. Uh, they got him in third and twos, and they were able, able to convert uh, on, on those short yardages, whether it be pass or a running game or whatnot. What you can't do against this Cowboys defense it get, is getting second and 12 or third and long because they'll unleash the dogs, and they have great, great pass rushes on the outside that, that allows them to make big plays. So if you get in those situations now, you're back against the wall. They're going to get after you. So running the ball if you're Jacksonville, getting it in third and two, uh, uh, easily com- easily convertible downs. I would say on the opposite side, look, I, I, the, the one thing of we've been watching with this Cowboys offense is they've had their struggles in the first half uh, of a lot of games this year. Uh, and, and I think that all falls on Dak Prescott. He's been a slow starter in the first half of games. And if he can get going early on, um, I've, I've been a firm believer that this team is kind of front runnerish. If they can get up on you, they'll mm-hmm. roll you. Yeah, right. If they get up on you early, they will roll you. If they get you down by 13, 14 points, you know, it's a long day. You can forget it. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you're a team that's going to hit them back in the mouth, keep them off balance a little bit, run the football on them, it's, it's, it's going to make it for a tough game for them. I think that's what Duval's hoping for. All right, Darren, before you go, we see a smile on Coach Campo every time he comes in the building. We're talking about a happy cat right now. Uh, but did Who you, is that? Yeah, exactly. No, no. So just how mad have you seen Coach Campo before, oh. before we have to go? 
Okay, so the year before I got here, they had a game in Chicago, and this, is, this tells you who Coach Campbell was back then. Okay, you know he's he's five seven at best, <laughs> at best, and he is like a fire plug. But he he'll come and he'll cuss you again. Look, this is the guy I know. He'll fight you. This is that Connecticut kid that that will fight you. Like he he will put his hands on you and want to fight. So they're they're in Chicago, and I get this this story comes from James Washington, who was another guy that Coach Campbell loved dearly. Uh, but they were in Chicago, and evidently they gave up a big play. Coach, you remember, you probably remember this. And it's freezing. Like, it is freezing cold. They all got these big jackets on. And back then they used to have these fire heaters off to the side. They had these – Camp, you remember this? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Keep going. So, so they had these fire heaters. And this is how I'm, I'm getting introduced to – the players are telling me who Coach Campbell is. So – they're arguing. The players just gave up a big play, and they're they're huddled up and they're trying to talk things out. And Campbell jumps in the middle of the huddle. He's yelling at him, screaming at him. And I'm telling you, no one can scream like Dave Campbell. Just I, I've never met anybody. So they jump. He jumps in the huddle and he's screaming at him. And they're trying to get him out of the huddle. And they're it's getting physical. And he's standing his ground. And they finally push him out of the huddle. Well, they push him towards this heater, and his jacket catches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And I, they tell me this story, and I was like, I wish I was there. I wouldn't have put him out. Oh. I was burned. That is hilarious. <laughs> Listen, I know that we need to extend this conversation, but really great uh, that you were able to do it. Hopefully we can do it Darren, again. thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, you may be the best interview we've ever had here because everything I was going to ask you, you answered before I could ask the question. So <laughs> thanks a lot. Really appreciate no it. And love you, man. You know that. Yeah, I love you, Coach. I really appreciate you, man. You guys have a good one. All right, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, I met Darren at Super Bowl uh, a few years back, and just a quality, classy uh, dude all the way around. I was telling Coach, sure. like Cowboys were my team growing up. Yeah, he was far and away my favorite player. Yeah, he's just, far and away. Yeah, a, a baller. Just a just baller, yeah. flat out baller. All right. yeah. Now we're gonna do a special Campo and Joe today, uh, right after the show. We'll hook up a little Facebook live action. Uh, before we do that, let's say hello to the Francie Show. Now the two minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Frank Frangie joins us now, ready to rock and roll. Ready for football. Yeah. I'm told it's going to be a rock and bank. Have you heard? Uh, yeah. And, and we're talking standing room only. We're talking a lot of demand for the tickets and also some cold temps. I love I, It's going to be clear. Yeah. 55 degrees. Yeah. I'm probably going to call the game without a shirt on. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Go topless. I, I, yeah. I think that's who I am. Teal yeah. J on yeah, yeah. Big, I'm going right. to paint the J. Yeah. There, there you go. So I'm going to go putty on us. Yeah, absolutely, I am. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited I about this I game. I mean, I, yeah. I can't. I mean, I, I, I mean, we haven't had a packed house here yeah. since Buffalo. Yeah. Do you expect it, though, even with, obviously, yeah. the anticipation? But at the same time, we know Cowboys fans have stars. been buying yeah. tickets yeah. for this game for months now. Right. What's your expectation in terms of the split between Cowboys fans? Well, I'll tell you this. I think there will be a lot of Cowboys fans here. But the truth of the matter is, we've had that. We had the Giants fans. We had which was an unbelievable amount. We've mm-hmm. had um, the 49ers last the year. The, the Ravens. The Ravens. The, Ravens, the, the, Bills, the Bills last year. So we've had that. But even with that, it hasn't been sold out. So the sellout isn't them. Okay, yeah. to your point, That's Mia, true. they've been buying theirs. The sellout is the Jags saying, okay, we know the Cowboys bought all the tickets. But now we're buying the rest of the tickets. And now we're buying the stand. I, I'm telling you, I'm excited about there, – there's more of a palpable buzz about this team than there has been since they beat the Patriots in 2018 to start 3-1. and one. There ha, It hasn't felt like this since then. So 
I'm kind of all geeked up here. Okay? Oh, yeah. You guys will knock it out. Darren Woodson said one thing that was very important. Yeah. If Dak gets up on you, they can run you. Yeah. But if you can yeah. force him into some mistakes early, you got a chance Is, to stay in the game. You know, the, the interesting thing is number 11 mm-hmm. for oh, Dallas. Yeah. Because there's some people in that building think he might be the best defensive player in the league. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, I mean, if, if you're the including best, tra- including Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, by the yeah. Way. They they think he might be the best player in the league. If if you're the best defensive player in the league, whether they're right or not, the fact that some people think that. Yeah. I mean, so so, but yeah, the Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys are good. They're, they're, that's not that's for sure. They're they're legit. But yes, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. I, I I'm jacked up. So today we're going to talk about that. Um, I'm told that uh, I don't know if this how this equates to what happens in Vegas mm-hmm. because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I just invented that say, saying, yeah. Maddie. But I'm told Jack Miller has been great at practice. Have you? I mean, now, now he may throw them all to the Beavers. But that's he's what I'm gonna told. Be, he's going to be like uh, I'm just a telling one, you a one hit wonder. Yeah, he's well, go out have his best game and then into the transfer but I'm, but, portal. Correct. But I'm told that he's been someone I talked to today that goes to every practice, and that you probably can figure out who he is. Yeah. Whether or not he used to play quarterback there is on the broadcast or not. Yeah. But uh, but uh, but he tells me that he's. I'm not saying any names. But he, I'm, 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 he says can't believe how good he's yeah. been to practice. Now again, that's practice, you know. But uh, so so yeah, we're talking about that today and a whole lot more. And uh, Thursday and Old Rock Thursday, can't wait to start. All right, thanks Frank, guys. Fired up for it. We'll be listening. That's for sure. You got the coaches' show and Jaguars programming to follow. We are out. Joe C. M O B. Me O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ. And thanks, Coach Campbell, for bringing Darren Woodson on the show.